Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as His people. In this episode, we will discover the meaning behind God's laws of keeping kosher and whether the church should honor these laws today. There has been much written about why the Lord gave Israel laws separating the clean from the unclean, the holy from the unholy, generally categorized in Judaism as the laws of kashrut. And it's interesting that the Lord's categorization predates the Mosaic law. We read in Genesis chapter 7, it says, You, Noah, shall take with you seven, each of every clean animal, a male and his female, to each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Some attribute the laws of kashrut to health and dietary benefits. Certainly God loves me and therefore he cares about what I eat, right? But that would be like comparing the religious ceremony of hand washing before a meal to our common practice of sanitizing our hands. I think there is a deeper spiritual significance hidden in the law. The laws of kashrut in practicality have little to do with health. They were derived from the laws governing the temple. And that is why koshering a metal pot requires it to be scoured with fire and rinsed with water not placed in a dishwasher. And ceramic and porcelain earthen cookware must be shattered. Under Jewish law called halakah, Gentiles are prohibited from touching an open bottle of wine. In doing so, they render the whole bottle non-kosher and unclean. Gentiles are also prohibited from exclusively preparing bread or other bread-related products. Unlike wine, they can participate in the preparation, but cannot own the bakery lest they render the products unclean. So why these prohibitions? Well, because wine and bread were both used in the temple particularly the temple sacrifices, and I chose these two elements for a specific reason. Both were used by Yeshua when he officiated the new covenant with his disciples, and both are universally accepted by the church, which includes the Gentiles, as the elements of communion. Under the Mosaic Covenant, the Lord detailed the laws of separation and sanctification. For example, any animal flesh that touches something categorized as unclean shall not be eaten but burned with fire. Anything dead is unclean, and anything that touches it also is rendered unclean. And those with leprosy or other discharges, including women, during their menstrual cycles, are likewise unclean. And to be made clean or become sanctified required either immersion in a mikvah, a sanctification pool, or it required the priest in the temple to make a sin offering. As we read in Leviticus chapter 14, it says, Then the priest shall offer the sin offering and make atonement for him who is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. Afterward, he shall kill the burnt offering. The five books of Moses, called the Torah, meaning instruction, were given to Israel for a purpose. We are told in Leviticus chapter 10, It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Israel was not just required to learn about the clean and the unclean, 
they were instructed to practice its separation as well. Therefore, under strict rabbinic law, the Jewish people were not only prohibited from intermarrying with their surrounding Gentile nations, they were also required to remain separate from them. And edicts for Gentile impurity, as it is called, were issued shortly before the first Jewish war against Rome. The reason for these edicts is debated, but what remains clear is that the Apostle Peter was aware of them when he received his infamous vision from the Lord. We read in Acts chapter 10, it says, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Peter broke with Jewish law when he visited Cornelius, and for this reason it is unquestionable that the vision given to Peter of the unclean animals descending from heaven was a direct reference to the Gentiles. Some argue the laws of Kashrut remain in effect for the Jewish people despite this correlation. But I believe the law of Moses was not only given for instruction, it was given for its ultimate fulfillment in Christ. So this is a difficult area to navigate. Christ is the fulfillment of every law, and in fact, he is the embodiment of God's law, which is both eternal and ultimately binding on all humanity. For example, regarding the Sabbath, God gave his instruction to Israel. Even though Christ is our eternal Sabbath, we know that observance of the Sabbath is an eternal ordinance. For it is written in Leviticus 16, It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. At the council in Jerusalem, the apostles discussed whether it was necessary to circumcise the Gentiles and command them to keep the law of Moses, specifically as a requirement for salvation. The unequivocal answer was no for the Gentiles, but yes for the Jews as Paul had Timothy circumcised. We read in Acts chapter 15, it says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you should abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. So, should we as Jews continue to practice and observe the laws of Kashrut? Well, I think that depends. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, He himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. Paul has articulated that God's law of commandments contained in ordinances given to Israel created a separation meaning a sanctification from her surrounding Gentile nations. But now the Gentiles have been made clean through the blood of Christ. As we read in Romans chapter 9, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And Peter spoke to the house of Cornelius, saying in Acts chapter 10, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. 
it is evident that God's law of sanctification regarding the Gentiles has been fulfilled in Christ. And for this reason, it would be inappropriate for any Jewish person to reject their food unless it has been offered to idols, contains blood, or has been strangled. If the Gentiles have been cleansed and made holy through the blood of Christ, then the food in their household is also clean. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, This was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for the conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. As an interesting side note, some rabbis claim that in the Messianic age, the world will be purified, achieving a higher spiritual level where even pigs will become permissible food. Yes, when Yeshua returns, we might be eating barbecued pork. And I'm hoping that lobster and scallops make it on the list as well. So this rabbinic opinion raises another question. Will there be anything unclean in the kingdom of God? I do not believe so. As we read concerning the New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21, it says, There shall by no means enter it anything that defiles, or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Gentiles have been grafted into the branches of Israel and have become part of her commonwealth. As we read in Romans chapter 11, it says, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So here the Gentiles have been grafted in to this cultivated olive tree. And being grafted in does not make the Gentiles Jewish. Paul further clarified in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more, and to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews, to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law, to those who are without the law as without the law, not being without a law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Just as it would be inappropriate for a Jewish person to reject the food of our Gentile brothers, it would also be inappropriate for us to force our Jewish brothers to break from their conviction to keep the laws of Kashrut. So regarding our first question, should we as Jews continue to practice and observe the laws of Kashrut and should Christians do so as well? Well, I think that all depends on our company. Like Paul said, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. To the Jews, I observe the law that I might win some of them to Christ. And to the Gentiles, I observe their customs as well so that I might win some of them to Christ also. Amen.
If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.